I'm Jessica, and this is Homecoming, finding yourself in life's little moments. So, dear listeners, I'm sitting here as the water laps up onto the sandy beach. Usually I make my recordings on a bluff overlooking the ocean, but today I'm sitting down near a cove where it's beautiful to swim because it's so protected and the thunderous waves that so often come rolling in from the sea and in the sea are are made more gentle by the fact that this is a, a protected cove. So it's very beautiful. And you might hear some people in the background, some children. The sun is setting. And I'm sitting on this little sandstone rock. The rocks are ancient looking. And, and I imagine the moment when they fell and broke off and came tumbling down this steep embankment and landed here where they've probably been for maybe millennia, I would say. So it's a quite wonderful place to think about life and the observations that I make and what comes to me and what I see. I wanted to share something with you because this morning I was sitting on my porch and there was quite a lot of noise outside and the sound of lawnmowers or weed whackers or leaf blowers and then I looked down and I saw that there was a man there and he was trimming the large shrub that's down at the bottom in the garden down below in the garden and I was watching not really knowing whether to say anything or not because what I noticed was that the shrub had clearly grown up and was overgrown in some places where it blocked being able to walk through. But the growth that it had produced over however long it's been these last few months had produced these beautiful yellow flowers. And the bees, you know, frankly, I don't see that many flying insects. I don't know if you've noticed this yourself where, wherever you are, but I don't notice that many flying insects, and I miss them. I miss seeing the flying insects. But I was noticing the way there were some honeybees, and they were loving these flowers, these yellow flowers. They were large, and then there were these little, I don't know if they're called stamens, or but that's where the bees come, and they, they delight in gathering the, the pollen. So I was watching, and as the man was trimming the shrub, I was concerned because I was seeing how the bees were delighting in these beautiful yellow flowers, and I thought, well, those yellow flowers are at the edges of that shrub. In other words, they're the outermost growth, and that was all of what this man was trimming. So I watched as this shrub was reduced in size and how the extended parts where all these flowers were and where the bees were enjoying the nectar and the pollen were being trimmed, and he basically ended up trimming the entirety of all of the flowers that were there. And afterwards, I just felt that the plant had become silent. It had become sad. It had become lacking in a sort of aliveness. And the bees were looking. They were looking for the flowers. 
they had gotten used to being there and enjoying the pollen of those beautiful yellow flowers and suddenly the flowers were gone and the bees were looking like where are you where where are you where where are my flowers the bees were asking where where are the flowers that we so love and as i was thinking about that i was feeling that plants rely upon the bugs that visit them and i remember living for a time in western massachusetts and at this time i was there was one house that i lived where there was such an incredible proliferation of wildlife big and small creatures great and small incredible numbers of insects and dragonflies and bees and all sorts of other insects and i would remember how at night i'd play the piano in the evening and there would be a light on and there was a picture window that looked out onto the garden and as it got to be dusk I'd keep playing and then darkness and then the light that was there inside that was illuminating for me the the piano and my fingers as they moved on the keys that light was attracting insects at night and you probably know how that can be where there's a light inside and all these insects become attracted to the light and there were so many of them and I know that often we feel that it's an annoyance you know especially if the insects come inside and and so on and and they they're flying around and they're attracted to the light but I have to tell you that when there are no insects it's very sad it's lonely. It's quiet. There's a lack of some vibrancy that those beautiful bugs of all sorts bring to our life. And so this morning, as I was watching this this man cut the shrub outside in the garden and watched how all the flowers got trimmed off and then suddenly the bees had no place to alight. They had no place to find their pollen. I felt the sadness of that. It was as if there was a kind of sudden silence. And I realized too how the how the shrubs and the flowers and the trees, they need the insects and the insects need the flowers and the shrubs and the trees. It's as if there's a kind of duet going on, a sort of communion. And when there's not that bug life around the shrubs and the plants, even if there are shrubs and plants, it's as if there's a sort of strange lack of life, you know? And then I remember way, way back, and this is years ago, I was here in Australia years and years and years ago, and I went down to a place called Wilson's Promontory. Now, it's a national park, actually, and it's a sort of self-contained place. And the fact that it's just a park and there's no development there, and I still believe that that's how it is to this day, I remember we got out of the car, there was one little causeway that you could drive to Wilson's Promontory, and I remember getting out of the car, and the sounds and the smells were intoxicating, incredible, they were intoxicating. The place was filled with bug life, it was filled with with the smells, the fragrance of 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 the... Um, plants and the flowers and the eucalyptus trees and the bushes and the shrubs. It was incredible.
incredible. And the intoxication came from how extraordinarily rich the life of the plants there was and is, I would think, still. And the wildlife and the insect life, it was just amazing. So that's the thing, you see, when there's insects and wildlife and bug life and insect life and flowers and trees and shrubs, it's it's a, just a total intoxicating kind of expression of life, of creation. And the flowers, like I said, need the insects and the insects need the flowers and the shrubs and the trees and the insects and the wildlife. They need, they all need each other. And so I felt that really uh, just in a very palpable way this morning as I was watching that shrub being trimmed and the flowers dropping off and the bees suddenly finding themselves without a place to to find their their pollen and I sort of hoped and prayed that they would find other places to find their pollen because there are not that many insects here in the way that I remember in some other places that I've lived but I I pray you know and I sort of ask and sort of sing to them and say I I call to them I feel compelled to somehow call to them that they should return and find themselves back here these insects these beautiful insects and find them find their way back here to inhabit re-inhabit this place and re-inhabit all the places that that need them and that they should be and I remember I sort of recall reading recently that the European Union has has banned insecticides that kill bees and I thought wow that's a good start that's the way to go really because we really need these beautiful insects we really need them we need our food and we need these beautiful insects and somehow I think with our great ingenuity and our great sense of inventiveness we can have both. So that's my prayer too for this coming year that the insects begin to be restored and the wildlife and that we're also able to find our way through this very critical time and pivotal time. I read just today in the New York Times that the baobab trees, which are some of the most ancient trees on earth, 2,000 years old some of them are, are dying, some of them are dying, and that they believe that it's climate change. And they had pictures of the baobab trees, which are just amazing looking. I mean, they look ancient. And I thought, 2,000 years, a tree that's 2,000 years old, how extraordinary that is, how extraordinary that is, that that tree was there when Jesus walked on this earth, when, and whether or not one's a Christian, I just think back, oh my gosh, that tree was here when Jesus was walking and all the people that were around when he was around and all of the Greeks and all of the Egyptians and all of these ancient peoples, the Hebrews and the Israelites and and the extraordinary um, 
cultures that were alive at that time and thriving and what was coming out of them and all of that was happening and sometimes I sort of imagine in this in this compelling sort of with my my imagination I think what it would be like to be a fly on the wall as they say as the ancient Greeks were were devising their mathematical systems and the Egyptians and when they were building those pyramids what that would have been like and living in that time of the pharaohs and in that time when Jesus was here when he was preaching to to the people in his midst when he was talking about what he was talking about love love a love of one's neighbor as oneself and I just think those trees were around when he was doing that when he was saying those things when life was changing and emerging and was producing these extraordinary revelations and this kind of revelation of of what life would be like if people loved one another and loved God and loved one another as their neighbors as themselves. And I just feel that now we're at a kind of time when it's a similar time now where we're being called to love, to find our sense of awe and inspiration in the little things that we can see around us, those bugs, those insects, those little flowers, the children, the delight in what they just in what they find. I was just looking at a little girl walking just a while ago and she had a flower, a purple flower in her hand, and she was probably around two or two and a half and she was walking down the sidewalk. She was holding that flower, talking to it like it was a treasured friend. And she was dancing with it and holding it up and moving her arms in this beautiful sort of dance-like rhythm and dance-like movement. And there she was, this little girl and her flower, in duet with each other, like the bees and the flowers are, like the insects and the flowers and the plants like we can be with each other like we are can be and are and can be with this earth with all the creatures on this earth like that little girl with her flower it's a beautiful thing what a model for all of us what a model and an example (laughs) she didn't think of herself as being an example not in any way shape or form But there she was, dancing with her flower, her beautiful flower. So that's what I wanted to share with you today, dear listeners. And I wish you the very, very, very best. And take good care, okay? And I'll I'll be back soon with more. And I enjoy this very much, sharing these beautiful things with you. All right, bless you. Bye. Bye.